Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Podcast, emergency podcast edition. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Jared Allen, pennies on the dollar. Absolutely. We will definitely get to Jared. <laughs> but the blockbuster trade that has taken over the NBA news cycle, it started with an uncomfortable news conference and it ended with a big trade, James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets for a lot of stuff going a lot of different places. There's a lot to digest here, Phil. A lot of different teams involved, a lot of different players involved. We're just going to take a, a lot step. of yeah, a lot of ramifications otherwise. Yeah, and we're, we're going to take a team by team, four teams in this blockbuster. But before we get into it, let's just break down the trade. I have it right in front of me. There's no way I remembered it. Bottom line is this is the trade. Nets get James Harden. Rockets get Victor uh, Oladipo. No, 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 no. You, already sec- you already left se- something out. Second round pick. Second round pick. Twenty twenty four. Okay, twenty twenty four. Second Could round. Could be valuable. Pick. Okay, future G leaguer. Rockets acquire Oladipo, Dante Exum, Kurooks, three first round picks for the Nets unprotected. That's twenty twenty two, twenty twenty four, and twenty twenty six. A first pick from Milwaukee unprotected in twenty twenty two. So that means they'll. They'll have three first-round picks next year. Yeah, that came from the Cavs. Uh, and four first-round picks watched. 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. Pick swaps are kind of weird in the sense that the 2021 pick swap is also almost definitely not going to mean anything. And 2023, most likely not going to mean anything. We'll see, though. And then we got 2025 and 2027. Pacers right. get Karis LeVert, another second-rounder. Cavs come in for the scraps. Jared Allen, Torian Prince. So that's that. Let's start with Brooklyn, Phil. Let's start with Brooklyn. Brooklyn, they gave it all up. They 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 took the cupboard. They mortgaged. Yep. They threw everything out and they said, "Give us James Harden." I got a lot of thoughts on this, but I'm start with this one question, Phil. It, it's it's simple. All right. Hit me. Was it worth it? If you're the GM, do you do this trade? Because the asset, yeah, you have to. Okay. I mean, with, with the assets you have around you, it's interesting with what's going on. Obviously, we don't know everything that was going on in between with the Nets and every other team they were talking to or every other team the Rockets was talking to. But you do this deal because you have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie Irving. You're not sure whether the bench, you know, whole reserve role, because they basically sent their entire reserves – and do you send all of that for Harden for one just dynamic MVP player? No one knows what the right answer is. We now know what we're going to get to see experimented out of the two options. So out of all things, I mean, you kind of had to do this because realistically your championship or bust to start. And now you just went a little bit over the needle with this. I hear you. I hear you. And this is... We have an opinion where I think it's a winner or loser. I'm really having a hard time with this one. I'm, I'm really having a hard time with this one. Let's just start with the Nets angle before we go other places. So with Brooklyn, for me, Phil, it really comes down to Kyrie Irving. I really think it comes down to Kyrie Irving. I know that everybody has said that – I know that everybody has said that the Nets want a third star. They want a third star. That was kind of their goal the whole time. I just have a hard time believing they do this if they have a fully present Kyrie Irving. I just have a hard time believing I think there's two, two sides to that coin. 
because you could argue that the Nets knew something in the Kyrie situation where they had to force the Harden trade. And then all this, they, that's why they sent all these extra picks. And then to the flip side of that coin is they knew Kyrie might be more locked in if Harden was here and he had, maybe this is something he wanted. We don't really know. So it's maybe they, they went to this extent to get Harden because Kyrie wanted it or because they know something about Kyrie we don't yet or will ever know. Yeah. I, I Me personally, though, I just have a hard time believing this is what Kyrie wants. I really do. And I think that more so right. – yeah. I think more so than what people are letting on that this was kind of Kyrie insurance because this team was not going to win a title without Kyrie Irving and that supporting cast. But you bring in James Harden and now you – you know, he, he's better than Kyrie Irving. He doesn't do exactly the same thing, but he does in the sense that he's an elite scorer. He does that kind of Kyrie stuff. So even if you don't have Kyrie, now you have James Harden. It, it's, you know, hopefully they all play together at some point, you would, you would think. But again, I have no right. idea what's going on with Kyrie. I just look at this team and it's like they, they addressed their offense, which to me was never going to be the issue. I mean, this team, Phil, right now, like, do they have a single plus defender? I mean, Kevin Durant might be their best defender. I just look at their rotation right now, and yes, they have crazy, crazy, crazy firepower. But you're still going to have to go, presumably, unless something crazy happens through the Lakers. We all expect the Lakers to be there at the end. And you got to play defense against the Lakers. You got to play defense. You're going to have – I mean, they have, they have firepower themselves. Like, do you think that this – upped their chances to win the title enough? I'm just not sure. We've never seen something like this. And I know I'm not really – I don't really have an opinion right here. It's kind of half-baked. But I think there's a lot of questions with right. this roster still. Yeah, no, I mean, just from what I've been hearing, like, realistically, when they get to the playoffs, because this is all they care about at this point, who is – who's guarding AD? Who's guarding LeBron? Kevin Durant can only do one of those things. And if he does guard one of those guys, <clears throat> how effective can he – do that you know we have seen his defense kind of take a backseat this season although it's early he probably want to get back see he's gonna put more effort in the offense to start and then his defense gonna round into shape but who knows where the defense really stands because I mean when he was on the Warriors he was an all-time defender it was ridiculous I mean you've seen it we all know it but when he's back into shape come playoff time how is he gonna do against LeBron or AD if that's who he has to guard because if they're getting by KD, then it's just you got to meet DeAndre Jordan at the rim, and it's pretty easy when it gets to that point. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean that that's that's going to be a huge question. And this team, they pretty much have one center with any DeAndre Jordan, and last night he got a DNP coach decision. Is there or two nights ago? Sorry, not last night. Two nights ago against uh, Denver, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Phil. I, I mean, like, it's I re, we really and people try to compare this to Miami. People try to compare this to Golden State. It's really just not the same thing. I've never seen three ball dominant players like this on one team. And KD's probably the least ball dominant. But he's also your best player, so you're going to be best when he has the ball. And that was the beauty of the Warriors: is you have three guys that can all play off ball. Kyrie and Harden is not really their game, right? Like at all. So. I don't know. Yeah. Bosch was baked in as an off-ball guy just by force, and Dwayne Wade learned how to do it, but you saw there were rough patches in the beginning, and who knows how that's going to go right there this season. Yeah. So, 
we will see. I, I get for me, like it really comes down to Kyrie. I, I really want to see what happens there. You know, the other pieces, they are what they are at this point. I mean, they're like, they're Jeff Green's going to be playing a lot of minutes. And <laughs> Jeff Green could be the starting center on a championship team. Or Kevin Durant. I was kind of surprised they couldn't have gotten, they couldn't have got PG Tucker in this deal. Yeah, that's – I'm sure <clears> – <throat> excuse me, sorry. I'm sure there was stuff going on where they had to – because they had to match at least 25% of Harden's cap to get, to be able to make the trade happen just on the Nets end. So maybe throwing in P.J. Tucker was just going to mortgage too much, and maybe that included Dinwiddie or some other larger contract like DeAndre Jordan, which they weren't ready yeah. to give up on yet because, you know, KD and Kyrie specifically wanted him there. So I think it's probably more of like a fiscal thing. Maybe the Rockets just, you know – the Nets were at the mercy of the Rockets and they were like, no, we're going to keep PJ Tucker because we can get something better for him than just throwing him in as a filler for this. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, Phil. For me, like the way this works out is this team is just unguardable offensively and they, they figure out, which they probably will be, and they figure out a way to fill in the, fill in the gaps on defense. You know, they get maybe, maybe Nick Claxton arises and he is okay. I don't know, but – Ah, right, right now, dude, I just think defensively, like I'm really scratching my head on how they're stopping people. But yeah, it's it'll be weird. I mean, watching last night, like DeAndre Jordan wasn't even that imposing of a defender on the Knicks. Like RJ was getting where he wanted to. Julius Randle was bullying him. It's he's still a solid just guy to stand there. But if you need him to actually impose against actually good players, it's, yeah, it's a and we know offensively they're obviously going to. When you got three guys, like two guys, you get away with two guys. That's fine. You know, you have two ball handlers. That's 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 fun. no nobody on staff take a back seat in that. From that right. standpoint, usually you know you get you had. It's all good. They always someone's always got to take a step back. It's three. Someone's always got to take a step back. Yeah, and your whole backcourt is a liability. It's not just like a guard, a wing, and a center anymore, where they're all a little defensively lacking but offensively dynamic. Kind of like with the Timberwolves. Now it's your backcourt is just yeah, a black hole. Sure. I, I, I agree 100%. I think his uh, has been greatly exaggerated, honestly. He, he, he's he's yeah. found a way to be like <laughs> decent off ball. Like, he's got good hands, so he gets some steals, but I still see him go get blown by consistently when I watch. And like he's, he's still not really an effort right. defender. He's not really slotting his feet. It's a lot of gamble, gamble. And Kyrie is a really bad defender underratedly so yeah i yeah. think there's just a lot of questions i'm really really interested gun your head phil we both had brooklyn get into the finals and like you know me and you i big on does this change your opinion do you think brooklyn's gonna like is right now does this change for you uh, i i don't know i mean i think we'd have to see how it goes it, part of me, my decision for putting Brooklyn in the finals, at least in the beginning when we did these expe- expectations, was I assumed at some point really? Harden was going to be on board. Now seeing how it looks, I mean, we, we had this open discussion. We were just talking about, like, if Harden is there, it's probably like a 50-50 shot. But now he's here, and we don't even know how they look yet, like how they're actually going to play until Kyrie shows back up, and they probably play 10 games together. So court's out. Court's not out on that one. I would still assume they are in the Eastern Conference Finals lock, but from there, who knows? 
Interesting. All right. Where where are you? Uh, yeah, like I've never had such a difficult time. <laughs> you always throw the questions. But I, you ain't getting I still back. think they're losing the Lakers in the finals. <laughs> but all right, can't argue. With I that. mean, and I mean, if and if LeBron comes back to LeBron, LeBron stands are out in full force. Phil saying, "Oh." No, not not the LeBron stands, the LeBron that's narrative. Right, that's way saying, more powerful. You know a man is but, power I mean, more if, powerful. If that than is the narrative. final Have we ever had a more star studded final than that? That is that is crazy. Kyrie, Harden, Katie, yeah, AD, and LeBron all in one series. That's ridiculous. Trez Schroeder. Russo. TH THT. Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> I love THT. He's he's displaced Kuzma as well. Do you have any, any final Brooklyn thoughts before we want to move on to Houston? No, nah, I mean, again, we're just going to have to see what happens when they're at full strength, which is really just getting two guys back at this point, which is weird to think about. But, I mean, next year will be interesting as long as everything stays together. Next year when Dinwiddie's back, that'll add a whole other element to their game. But let's focus on Yeah, the, I on think the it's also present. crazy, and this is just kind of for me, close to the city, like – crazy like i thought about it like wow we got and obviously we want the knicks to be the team but it's still crazy to have harden Kyrie, and kd in new york city like an hour away i don't know that's just weird <laughs> right we could run yeah, into them in the strip i've always felt like when know. i went to games either at barclays or the garden you know and like i'm thinking about like the players that that i watch that maybe i, I don't get to see too often like you know Say we say I, I watched a Rocket game. I've never seen the Rockets, but whatever. Say you know, and I was like, oh, I get to see, I right. get to see Harden now. Harden and Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. It's, just, it's a lot of fire, a lot of stars. You're just hanging out. Yeah, it's it's cool. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely have to get to a game when it's feasible. All right. Closing remarks for you. Closing thoughts. Yeah. Is it comes down to Kyrie like that? That's my biggest question mark right now, and I just want to wait and see. I just want to wait and see because I'm I'm very very curious. Yeah. I think defensively there's huge question marks, and the Kyrie narrative serious things going on. I I under right now because of the harder news, but I think that like that's gonna. Right. really changed the way I, I think of things. I, I have no idea what's going to happen there. Yeah, there is a lot of naivety around Brooklyn right now. People thinking it's just going to be, you know, ho-hum, real happy, everyone's scoring a lot, and it's going to be great. Like, we don't know what's what's really going to come of it until we see it. So we, we need some time. All right. So want to talk Houston? Yeah, sure. We'll move on yeah, to the Houston, next big hitter. Interesting stuff. So, yeah, they got a whole lot of picks. Essentially five, I would say, because they got the three actual picks and then two pick or four pick swaps. But realistically, those first two may not be actual pick swaps because the Nets will still have Harden, KD, and Kyrie as long as they all don't opt out. I don't think they can opt out. It might be a full – or is 2023 they can opt out before that? Harden's locked in. KD and Kyrie – they they probably have player options after next year, right? Right, I think so. 
by theoretically, if things go well, they'll opt in. So 2023 would be another high <clears throat> draft pick or, a, you know, a low draft pick for the Nets. And so they wouldn't want to pick swap. Yeah. So it's interesting. So again, fed this thing that the Rockets wanted that, that blue chip piece, you know, that, that 25 and under or legitimate star potential guy, you know, as we were thinking, Michael Porter. Had the why? Nevertheless, that doesn't happen. They get Victor Ola, and they get a lot of picks. So, just simply, Phil, did they get enough for James Harden? Uh, I I don't know. That's really tough to say because we have so many like variables that are years out from ever coming into fruition. Like you know. I'm sure you've seen that thing on Twitter where it's like, this is what the Thunder got for Westbrook and Paul George. And it's like 14 picks and Shea Gilgis. And like, that's it. And realistically, as the years go by, we're going to see like that 2024 first round pick eventually turned into maybe like a late lottery tick team. And they get some, you know, they make a good draft choice. We don't know until umpteenth down the road. It's 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 a waiting game. But what I was looking into while you were talking was the Rockets picks that they sent out to the Thunder for Westbrook originally, because I'm curious with the 2022, they could have three first round picks this year. And it seems like they will because they have the only thing they're, they're sending out 2024, 2026 picks to the Thunder and then a 2025 pick swap and a 2021 pick swap. So the Rockets have a decent amount of picks in 2022 as well as, you know, 2024 and 2026, they'll just be missing their own from the, so I guess that was to kind of, you know, compensate for what they sent out for the Westbrook. Yeah. It, yeah, you know, kind of make up, I guess, for their short-term moves in the past where they've made some mistakes, I suppose. Right. But they're, they're the transgressions they committed to the Thunder by getting Westbrook seem to be nothing for what they gave to the yeah. Nets or they got from the Nets for Harden. So I think it's interesting that they're at least at a neutral level with the, with where their picks kind of went in these gambles over the last two years. But I don't know, these picks could be a lot better seeing as 2024 and 2026 Nets could be a lot less competitive than the Rockets they are now because John Wall's on what, another four years. DeMarcus Cousins is, I don't know, he's on a one or two year deal, but Christian Wood, they just signed to a three year deal. So they definitely have the idea of being competitive throughout and they don't have their picks their own picks attached so there's no incentive yeah, for them to be bad I, 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 no yeah so it's interesting and, and i always Long like story to short. do that <laughs> when they're able to kind of get that with their future well and and they're not and they don't have to tank i think that's always a healthy thing for franchise they kind of genuinely see what they have without worrying about the picks because they've had picks from other sources right so bring in oladipo oladipo He's looked pretty solid so far. It seems like the steps coming. He's scoring a little inconsistently, but he's looking closer to what we saw before the injury. And, you know, they get one year to look at him. He's going to be a free agent. Kind of get the inside track if they do want to re-sign him for whatever it is. It's going to be like for him. But if they want they keep him. They see what they got in John Wall. A little fun with it. 
I, I, I like overall what they're doing. I still think I would rather have that guy, you know, ben, that Ben Simmons, that Michael Porter Jr. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't argue with you on that. Also, just thinking tangent from this trade itself, I, me personally, I probably would have preferred Karis LeVert. He's younger, not by that much, to, to my surprise that you told me yesterday, because I thought he was 23 and he's really 26. But me personally, I would probably prefer a younger cornerstone that you can kind of rely on that's on a team-friendly deal for the next three seasons, including this yeah, one. And I get, as I get that. To I, I disagree slightly, but I understand your, I understand your point of view. Yeah. For, for me, I just think Oladipo works. Because you're stuck with Wall, like you're stuck with him and you're, and you're not going to bench him. And is he right. on the team right now with that contract? No, but he's not a bad player. And if you have John Wall, you might as well use him and, you know, see what you can be. So, and I don't think Karras and John Wall really works together at all. I, I think Oladipo and Wall makes a little bit more sense. Oladipo can shoot a little bit better. Oladipo can play off ball. Yeah. More dynamic. Karras is like a weird, he's such a weird player because he's this point guards guy who's kind of in who can shoot a little bit but can't really catch and shoot can only do it off the dribble he's, he's he's just a weird player to fit into teams and i think that's kind of why houston went yeah. with oldie i mean to be fair there is the argument i mean realistically Harrison Verde is like a ball handling shooting guard but who's to say Oladipo doesn't really play that style, at least as he did in the Pacers. Who knows if he's going to change his way of play at, you know, post-injury, because he really was just coming back from that. And then after the Pacers and on the Rockets now, because he's used to having the ball in his hands and he didn't like that the Monotis of Monotis was, you know, getting different touches, yeah, more touches yeah. than him. And, and we'll see what those picks become. Like, we, we've seen the story with it's, it's so crazy that they – they're giving all their picks up again, but it's obviously a little bit of a different circumstance because they have a a clear contending team. Yeah, like it's 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 a fact. So those Pacers. Yeah, do you want do you want to pivot to Indiana now? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, I didn't just want like, to we don't you know. What, Go ahead. You know, we said that last time when the Nets did this with Boston, we didn't know what the picks were going to be, but I think now we really. Right. This is almost like the reward the Nets were getting is a lot bigger, but the risk they're putting out is a lot heftier because they knew they're doing this trade knowing that realistically they're mortgaging their entire future for these next three years of probable at least one championship. I would assume yeah. if everything, you know, they're pretty much guaranteed to not have a, a good pick until 2028, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, well, maybe Kevin Durant and Kyrie are charmed by their maybe their risk taking. It's the proverbial throwing maybe your Durant phone in the well be, when you're with your we'll grow old with them and who cares. I, I don't know. Like we'll maybe this. It's did he why move I, three five ventures to? Yeah, yeah, in the city, and I think that's the the Kyrie thing is just really affecting things because I think they're all in on KD, but Kyrie, I, I think they're growing a little bit apart from right now. We'll see if the ship can get righted though. Not to get back on the net. Sorry, Phil. You... Right. 
Yeah, Pacers. All right, you want to so, go to the Pacers? Nothing flashy. They pretty much said, we want Karis LeVert instead of attacked on a second-round pick. Good move, bad move. What do you think? But I think it's great. I mean, it makes so much sense for the Pacers. They're essentially getting what I was kind of alluring to before alluding to, that Old Depot is kind of an older version of LeVert. Obviously, Karras isn't as polished, but he hasn't really had the opportunity to show that. So we don't know exactly where he lies on the comparison to Oladipo scale. But their play styles are pretty similar. Levert doesn't need the ball in his hands as much as opposed to Oladipo, who kind of prefers to be that point guard, point guard in a shooting guard's role. So it'll be interesting. Maybe Pacers will be more well-balanced as opposed to Oladipo's kind of, you know, ball dominance relatively. So next up, we got the Cavs. Obviously, oh, wait, hold on. Never mind. I don't remember. Did we transition it? Never mind. I'll just start it again. I got well, confused. Yeah, we just start, just start with the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So next up, we got the Cavs, who just came in and scooped up Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Really, they just gave up Dante Exum and that Milwaukee pick from 2022, which is presumably going to be in the high 20s. Nate, where are you leaning on the Cavs? Is it interesting what they did? I think it is. It's a great choice. As you were saying, bef- saying before, they have a contract extension option with Jared Allen, as well as a logjam in the center spot now. So, thoughts? Yeah, really nothing to complain about if you're Cleveland. They get Jared Allen for the only thing of value they gave up was that Milwaukee pick, which is going to be a late first-round pick, which is definitely worth – Jared Allen, who has a lot of potential as a center, uh, I, he, I think he's really grown and improved over the years. So it's a good move overall. The only thing they have to figure out is how to get him to the damn yeah. there. And JaVale McGee still swallowing up minutes doing his thing. But moving forward, there's no complaints if you're a Cavs fan. They're going to extend him presumably in the offseason. And now you got, you got a bunch of young pieces. See what you got. You got Jared Allen. You got... Okoro, and then that backcourt. So it's just one more piece to kind of evaluate. You're not going to say the backcourt duo name? Sexland? Sexland's good. It's yes. not bad. Okay, cool, they're, cool, they're both cool. out now, so that's sad for a fantasy team. But <laughs> it's a sad plight, yeah. But, yeah, overall, there's really nothing to complain. They just kind of came in, took the scraps. I thought I, something that was interesting for me, Phil, that – Maybe, you know, with those centers, interesting that Brooklyn couldn't scoop JaVale just for the low. I don't know. Like, we've, we've yeah, seen – I'm not saying point. that he's going to be a star, would be a starter on that team, but just another guy to eat up minutes as a big man. Yeah, we've seen him be a valuable role big man. Yeah, because as we talked – I mean, the Cavs have too many centers and the Nets have one center, so you would think that they'd be able to – but that didn't happen, so – just a thought. Just yeah, a thought. I mean, yeah. No, that was definitely an interesting little thing. Maybe it had more to do with maybe again the salary stuff, but who knows? Maybe it made too much sense. <laughs> who knows? So Nate, I want to talk lasting ramifications on other teams. We talked about the four involved, but there are a lot more teams that could be involved to an extended degree. We could talk about the Rockets, maybe still trying to get Old Depot, but that's not what I'm really thinking of. I'm kind of more considered considering the effects of the Sixers attempts to get hardened throughout the entirety of the season in the off season too. 
is that going to have a kind of strained effect on the relationship with Simmons? Where do you think that lies? It could. It could. Personally, I didn't view it that way just because I think when it comes to the Ben Simmons Philadelphia situation, it boils down to Ben Simmons needs to do his job. And at the end of the day, they are expecting Ben Simmons to be something that I don't think he has been yet. He's been on the team for, what, five years, I think, now. And while he's still a star in the NBA because he's a great defensive player, he's 6'10", he can handle the ball in transition, he's a freight train, really good passer, rebounds, checks all these boxes. But for them to be a championship team, he needs to be some kind of threat scoring the ball, shooting the ball. And they know it, and I think he knows it, and for one reason or another, it just hasn't happened. So that's the reason that Ben Simmons is getting shopped. If Ben Simmons was showing strides and was becoming more of that player that they want him to be, I don't think they'd even want to trade him. I I think they'd like their duo they have. So does it strain the relationship? Maybe. But I think it affects Philadelphia more so from the standpoint of – the the options are running out. I think, I, you know, I've been saying for a while that I thought the Simmons Harden trade was just too too perfect. And one could argue if Houston got a better deal, a worse deal. I don't know. They clearly went a different route by getting all the draft picks instead of getting that one blue chip guy. So I guess this just kind of comes down to preference. I personally would rather Simmons maybe plus a pick, or I know they're talking Simmons and Max like, or Tyrese. Yeah, I don't know on the yeah. table, but whatever. That didn't happen. So this is the Sixers team, and is it good enough? I don't know. We'll see. We, we will see, but that, that's more so the lens I view it through. All right. I mean, that's definitely the majority or, like, the best possibility, probably what's going to happen, but I don't know. I could just see a <clears throat> story going down where the Sixers maybe get knocked out in the first round or they underwhelm in the second round. And things just don't seem to be happy again. Because, you know, as soon as as soon as they start losing, everybody points fingers there. And I don't think Doc Rivers is the guy that's going to break that up, as we saw when he was on the Clippers. So I, I just don't know if Simmons is going to at some point be like, We've, we just lost in the first round. People are putting the blame on me. People are saying we should have gotten Harden. We should have traded me for Harden. Maybe I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And yeah, it's all maybes. It's all, it's all theoretics. And, hey, a Philadelphia-Brooklyn playoff series would be a, a lot of fun. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a yeah. lot of big boys versus some not as big boys. Yeah, very good defense, very good offense. And, Phil, you had one more team you wanted to discuss, correct? Yeah. I just want to go over the Wizards now because I assume something's going to be in the fold or at least talk about with Beal. Something's – bound to change someone's bound to call and see what the asking price for him is and i just want to see where you kind of gauge that market now seeing what happened with harden obviously beal is not going to get that type of return but what do you think the wizards or who do you think they're calling to try to make a deal happen do you think the nuggets are the top option do you think i think the, your I, first of all i think beal is getting a similar return to Harden, and i'm not i'm not saying it because i think he's better than harden but i think he's younger which he is not i think he is younger he, he's younger. He's more easily placed into a system. Right. And teams are going to be desperate. It's going to be a bidding war, and I, th- I think the return is going to be similar. And, again, I think it's going to come down to, does Washington want to go that one 
one or two blue chip player out, or do they want to get the Hall of Picks? Um, so who do you think who do you think is uh, leading the pack? Maybe top two teams. Do I do I dare to to talk about Philadelphia again? Is Ben Simmons I've really thought about it? Is Ben Simmons? I, I don't know. I don't know. First of all, if that happened, just in the pure theoreticals, Westbrook and Ben Simmons <laughs> on the same team would be just such an interesting thirty for thirty in years. Yeah, it would be a wreck. It would be a wreck. But that's yeah, that's I mean, huh. yeah, the Wizards are a tough place with that because Westbrook is there just like messing stuff up. You know, like I, I really think they just wanted to go gobbling at this point. Yeah, they just wanted to go away. <laughs> like they they'd probably love just a, a a Simmons rebuild and just be be bad and have Simmons and have these players and just be bad and see what happens. But you got Westbrook over there, kind of preventing you from being a bottom tier team, although right now they are, but so that's, that's a problem, but I still think it's a possibility. Denver's very interesting because I think there's, there's the Denver argument when it came down to Harden as well, where, you know, and Michael Porter Jr. was involved. So that would be interesting. I think it's Houston as a, as, as the Harden trade, you know, you have Denver involved. Um, yeah, it would probably be along the same lines. Still, I think Denver's defense would be the problem that you have to address, which wouldn't be by adding Harden or Beal. I'm still, I'm still holding on to Golden State as a sleeping giant. I don't know. I just am, Phil. Who? Kelly Oubre? Oh, for James for 12 Wiseman. for like 100 James, Kelly Oubre? Oh, James Wiseman. Wiseman. Yeah, but then it seems like they like Wiseman. It seems like a lot of things, Phil, but I'm just saying you have Stephen Curry. There are a lot who, of scenes in this world. You, you, have, you have Stephen Curry who is Stephen Curry, and, and you don't want to just waste the years because right now you're getting Clay Thompson back next year, presumably, you would hope. And is he going to be 100%? Probably not, but he's still going to be Clay Thompson. You don't want to just be a, a four seed, a five seed when you have Stephen Curry. You want to win a title. So I, I still – they are a sleeper team to make a big move for one of these guys. I, I do. Right now, Beal, I, I think that's a sleeper team to make a move for Beal. All right. Well, we'll have to find out. I mean, and that fixes a lot. If, if they were able to get Wiseman, Washington, that would be a great fit. Yeah. They no, don't have, they don't have Wiseman and Washington there. with Westbrook. Yeah. They got Davis. Davis and Wiseman would be a very good duo. Although Davis has forgotten to shoot. No, yeah, he would he would be my rookie of the year, no doubt. I don't So so Beal to the Warriors is your little knight in shining armor. It's not, armor my, it's not my prediction, thing. but it's my little it's savior my complex. Sleeper. It's my sleeper. It's a hope. It's a, hope. Right. It's a great hope. A new hope, All right. maybe. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm still in the Nuggets band camp where I'm like, if if they can, they could probably send off Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, and maybe one pick and one or two, and that would probably do the deed. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, I think that covers the basis for now, right, Phil? Yeah, we've <laughs> we've kind of cleared the dust. Yeah. Everything can kind of The thing is for me, though, before we, we send off, like, when are we going to see this Nets team together? 
I just have no clue. Yeah. Like, I have no clue. So. At least 14 days. I can tell you that. I mean, that's, that's a lot of time, man. That's a lot of time. And this season is. this season's going to go by quickly. You know, there's a lot of games in a short amount of time. Playoffs are going to be here before you know it. And it's like, I saw last year with the Clippers, a team that was kind of disjointed, didn't get to play together a whole lot. And it hurts you come playoff time. It hurts you. Yeah. On a brighter note, some of the, if you think about on the, if you flip it for the bright side, some of the people that Kyrie probably did piss off that said to play in the lineup while he was out, they're not even there anymore. There's a lot less people for him to please when he gets back. Yeah. I, I, I also just read this report. It's not brand new. It came out five hours ago. But it says, according to a Nets reporter, that Kyrie is prepared to sit out the remainder of the season. I don't know if that means he's going to, if he wants to, but she's Yeah, I heard that. I don't know if it's – it could just be smoke. I mean, that guy – you know, everyone does everything for clout nowadays. Oh, God. What are – jeez, it it's a mess over there, man. It's a mess. It's honestly sad because – I don't know. I would like to know the reasoning behind it, but yeah, I don't know if that's, I, I doubt that would be the case. Kyrie's got a lot of money on the line. He already, I think because of some stipulation, he now gets like one eighth of his, of his salary for the next 14 days or like a month after because he broke the COVID protocols. Yeah. It doesn't, it does seem like he did. That's significant. So. Yeah, who knows? The law investigation cleared that. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, we'll call it there. My name is Nate. Yeah. That's my pod pal, Phil. As always, check us out on all platforms Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor App. Follow us on Twitter at Hoopscoop Pod. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.